sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. They're kooky and they're spooky. It's time to cross to the other side. Welcome to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Good evening, spooksters and all the parastalkers and grand poobars out there. Welcome to Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio with your hosts, myself, Anne Rekovich, and... And me, Renata Daniel. There's the second, the, the you know, the, the I, extra. Yeah, I like how extra. In, we got teamed up as Anne and Renata and I got put first. Yeah. I think it was alphabetical, but I'm going to claim it's because I'm far more important than you, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. How are we all this evening? Are we well? Uh, is there anyone suffering from storms wherever they are right now? Because yeah. we, we ran out to the car in wild weather, didn't we? We did. We getting did. a bit cray-cray out there. But we're settled now. We've got our cups of tea and our coffee, and yes. we're ready to present a fabulous show for you guys. Uh, we've got some haunted dolls and... Australian stories. Oh, you've got an Australian yes, story? Yes, so I've, I've got an Australian story coming up now and an Australian story for my ghost story too. Oh, I've got a priest in a box. Mm, that's <laughs> where they should be, but never mind. We won't go to the priest hole. No, we won't go there. Anyone that wants to have a good laugh, you need to listen to our latest episode of True Hauntings on Wimmering Manor because uh, we talk about priest holes and it's quite funny, wasn't it? But they're a thing, okay? They're a re- yeah. They are a real thing. Yeah. They yep. are a real thing, so you have to listen to it. Uh, right. Thank you, everyone, for sending through. Uh, we have a, a topic for the evening, and the topic for the evening is when do you think it is too soon or inappropriate to be contacting someone who has passed over? Now, I, I'm actually talking uh, about is it too soon to contact the spirit? So if someone, a loved one passed away that day and you raced out to see a psychic or a medium, is that too soon? Or uh, somebody who is grieving, uh, and I, I'm asking, like, is it too soon for the spirit to be, to be contacted? And I'm also asking, is it too soon for someone who is in a state of grief to be reaching out to a psychic or medium? I want to know your thoughts on that, and you can text that to 0490-84886. That's 0490-84886. I finally did it from memory. <laughs> right. I still have to look at it. Yeah. So we're actually going to paranormal news, but I have to say I don't have any paranormal news. Oh, no. There's nothing happening in the ghosty stratosphere oh, at the moment. Okay. It's all quiet. It's all quiet. So I've had to dig deep. Oh, I like to go and to I've, old news I've sometimes. had to go to old news. I love old news. <laughs> and this is about an incident that happened in Sydney a couple of years ago. And uh, it actually mentions a friend of ours, Karina Mercado. Oh, who, yes. Um, many of you know, you've probably read her books. She wrote Spirit Sisters and Love Never Dies, true stories about spirit communication with the other side. So um, very much in, in, in the tune of this evening and talking to the dead. But this is a story from haunting victim Matt. And he told his story to New Idea. And this is what he said. Walking in to see a strange man standing at the foot of your bed would scare the wits out of most people, but not me. When that exact thing happened to me one fateful morning 18 years ago, rather than reaching for the baseball bat I had hidden nearby to deal with any potential break-ins, I was left trying to understand why the man had then disappeared into thin air, leaving 
only the outline of his body. I wonder whether anyone listening has had this sort of episode happen. It was the culmination of several weeks of disturbances in the house and I shared with three friends in inner city Sydney, an old Victorian era terrace house situated in a then gentrifying but still decidedly edgy part of East Sydney. The area had seen quite a bit of history, including the infamous Razor Gang of the 1920s. Now, I hear there's a really good tour around that area, which we still need to do. Oh, do we? The, yes. the raise? Oh, that's right. Mick was telling yes. us about Mick and Vic. So, yeah, we'll do that one. That, that's, we'll that's add it to the, the list of things we're going to do. To do, we're so, saving up our pennies. <laughs> we are. When we first moved in, everything was very normal until a mysterious thud and a scraping sound upstairs had me convinced someone had broken in and they were now rearranging a particularly heavy piece of furniture. Oh, wow. With all housemates accounted for in the living room, I nervously ascended the stairs, fully expecting to find that one of the neighbourhood's most troubled residents had broken in, perhaps searching for money. But there was nobody there. No other human being in sight, no stray pets or animals bumping around and no furniture obviously out of place. Filing the bizarre incident in the too hard basket, I promptly forgot about it until a subsequent escalation of strange events made me rethink everything I'd once believed. As the weeks went by, my sleep was repeatedly disturbed as I awoke to feel something strangely amorphous. Amorphous? Amorphous. That's a good word, isn't it? That, is that a frog? No. Or is it an amorous husband? No, no. Oh, okay. No. Look it up and send it to us, what, what amorphous <laughs> means. Something so that changes and undulates? But very, op- ooh, but very oppressive on top of me. Once the feeling was so intense as I awoke, I assumed I was being asphyxiated by smoke and leapt what? out of bed, believing the house must be on fire. This person likes big words. Mm. It wasn't. Knowing all about sleep paralysis and just how vivid nightmares can sometimes be, I casually dismissed the incidents. Never mind that I'd never experienced anything like that before, or, for the record, in the 18 years since moving out of that house, I chose to put the incidents down to the crazy games the mind can play after dark, Mm. or after drinking, or after drugs. I never seriously entertained the notion there might be a paranormal explanation. It wasn't even an option for me until that day that I awoke to see the apparition. It was a man perhaps in his late 20s to mid-30s with anachronistic shoulder-length hair. So I they like word. big words. Robert's just come through with am- amorphous, for, am- am- amorphous and it is without shape or form. So I was right with shapeless and undulating. There you go. Okay, now look up an anachronistic, Robert, for us, please. And a keen interest in the Mexican Virgin Mary shrine I'd picked up overseas, judging by the way he was staring at it. As I turned my head slightly and rustled in my bed Hello, to get Russell. a good look at him, he gaze, his gaze turned to me, and then after a few more seconds, he was gone. Just the border of his bodily shape lingered on for a while longer until it was gone too. Oh, that's what I... Because when I've seen things, it's like a staticky outline. Mm. Mm. As I accepted what I'd seen, things slowly started to fall into place for me. 
as I reassess the recent past, the noises, the sleep disturbances. Any lingering thread of doubt that my mind had been playing tricks was washed away when I finally discussed the matter with one of my housemates months later after we'd both both moved out, asking him deliberately and vaguely if anything strange had happened to him in the house who was quick and empathic in sorry, emphatic emphatic in his response. A sober and serious type, he told me of the numerous times he'd heard footsteps in the house while home alone, and the time an invisible body had brushed past him as he stood naked in the bathroom after a shower. Nearly two decades later and a string of addresses since, I have never had a similar experience for which I am grateful. Once was enough for me to acknowledge that I'd previously struggled to accept that life is more than flesh and blood and that such a thing as a spirit or a soul does appear to exist. While the encounter didn't answer any specific questions for me about the afterlife, spirits, or why such a haunting would happen, my encounter with whatever it was in my house had far-reaching consequences as the years passed by. I'll never understand the exact nature of what I encountered. I don't think that's really possible. But I do now feel sure there is more to life than just the physical. And that opened my mind enormously and ultimately made me feel more whole. Wow. Mm. And now Robert's come through again and said belonging to a period other than that being portrayed. So it must be a hairstyle. We were talking about the hair yeah. to the time that it belonged to, not at the present time. And Robert, thank you so much for the stars. You are such a generous generous soul. I think we've just about cracked enough to go on our next haunted night. Mm. And we have to check the um, the summary. We've we've put up a little bit of a um, uh, what do you call it when you I've listed three things you had to vote for them. A poll. A poll? A poll. We should know that word. (laughs) Yes. Both married one. Um, So I put up a poll and you could choose from the Wiseman Ferry Haunted Pub or the Bellbird Haunted Pub and what was the other one? There's a third one as well. Oh, um, the Southern Highlands. All right. That one Mm -hmm. there. And uh, the Bellbird Pub was winning last I checked, and that was the most expensive one. So uh, we were raising our stars on Facebook, and I think Robert just tipped us over to make it. We're just about there. You're listening to the Spooky Sundays podcast with Anne and Renata. And it is time for my story. And she's pointing at me, going, doing googly eyes at me, and I'm not quite sure why. I think she thought I didn't know it was my turn. It is my turn, and I have got a weird little story for you today. And those who like to play the game at home, of course, as you know, we like to pop a few photos up onto the Newcastle Live Radio group chat on Facebook, which you are all welcome to go and join. And I've popped a photo up of an Elsa doll. Did you see that? Yes. It was on the front of a car. Yes. And she had a rather big head and those beautiful big eyes. And we all know how much we love Elsa. And she sings that song. Let it go. Let it go. For Christ's sakes, let it go. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to use the Lord's name in vain there. Um, I was just channeling my father. He used to do that Sort of thing. So, um, who would think that a gorgeous little doll like that would end up having a little bit of a history oh, to it, a bit of a story? So, normally you'd think of these haunted dolls like those creepy old Victorian looking things with the porcelain and, um, you know, the grotty clothing and real hair, but no. 
We've got a Elsa doll. Frozen Elsa doll. So let me introduce you to Emily and Matt Madonia and their daughter Aurelia. How do you say that? A-U-R-E-L-I-A. Aurelia. Um, So she had her great-grandmother give her a talking Elsa doll from the Disney movie Frozen for Christmas 2013. And as you can imagine, that doll was loved. It was cuddled. It was sang to. It had orange juice poured on it. 2013? I'm just reading the story. Don't pick on okay. it. Okay. <laughs> it just went, huh? Yeah, no, that, that's, it's getting on now. I'm sure it's... It, hang on. When was the first... Look it up. When was the first Frozen movie? Because um, it was pre-Charlotte and she's four. But okay. um, anyway. So, yeah, the doll was very much loved. And normally it would just recite phrases from the, the movie Frozen and it would sing a little bit of Let It Go and it had a little necklace around its neck and you press the button and that's how it, how it, it would talk and make noise. But... It did that for two years in English, but in 2015, all of a sudden, it started alternating between Spanish and English. Hmm. Okay. They thought, well, there's not a button there to switch it, so how on earth now is it talking in Spanish? They just thought maybe it's just broken. It's just a random thing, and so they switched it off, and... um, they just ignored it for a while. And then the doll fell out of favour uh, and they decided that they would throw the doll away. No. Apparently. No, don't throw the doll away, no. The doll was not real happy no, about that. No, not then. No. So the, first, the first Frozen movie, by the way, was released on the 26th of December 2013. Well, there you go. So she got the Christmas present right on the... The Christmas present from hell. Yeah. Merry Christmas, dear. Oh, Nana likes a nice present. <laughs> well, one thing they noted as well is they never changed the batteries in this doll. They had it for that long. They threw it away in 2019 and they oh, never changed the batteries. Four years. That's good that's, value that's in good batteries. batteries. <laughs> Were they ever ready? <laughs> we need batteries like that. Duracell? Yeah. Um, Energizers. So two weeks after they'd thrown this doll out... They were surprised to find that Elsa had returned and they found it inside a bench underneath some blankets and toys uh, in their living room. And the kids insisted that they didn't put there and the parents believed them because there's no reason that the kids would have dug through the garbage outside to bring it back in. Mm, that's weird. Although kids do do weird things. I used to have like attachments to dolls, not dolls, but horsey sort of, sort of things. And I would know if my parents had chucked anything out. I was not happy. Um, so at this point, Elsa stopped singing Let It Go altogether and only spoke Spanish. She was not happy. That's, that's really weird. Beverly was not enough. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Beverly. You have to listen to the uh, the um, True Hauntings episode on, um, where was it? Uh, Jamaica. Jamaica somewhere. Um, so the family were a little weirded out by this whole situation. So what they did is they, they popped Elsa into a plastic bag to suffocate her. <laughs> <laughs> 
they tied a knot in it. Then they got little kiddies. I'm sorry. (laughs) This is not a children's show. It didn't happen. Children should not be listening to the show. Auntie Anne is just making all of this up. No one puts anything in a plastic bag to to just warning you. You don't put anything in plastic bags because it's not good. Anyway, um, they they wrapped it up and then they put it inside their own garbage bags with garbage on top of it, and they tied that up, and then they put it out, and it was collected by the garbage man that day. So convinced now they'd solved the problem, they decided just to go on away on a short little trip, feeling that they'd safely dealt with the issue. However, <laughs> oh no! Shortly after their return, Aurelia found something shocking. Mum, I saw the Elsa doll in the backyard. Sure enough, there it was, propped up against a fence. Oh no! Oh, that would. <laughs> now they know it's the same doll because apparently it had some sort of marker or texture on it. The daughter had coloured over on her years and years ago, so it was the same doll with the same markings on it. That's just that's just wrong. Yep. So in desperation, they bundled the doll up and posted it to their friend Chris Hogan, who lived 2,400 kilometres away. Mm-hmm. And, of course, what does Chris do? He's a real man's man. He taped the doll to the bumper bar on his <laughs> truck and said, take that, Elsa. I'm not scared of you. But there's a little bit of an um, interesting ending to it. Uh-huh. So at the moment, they think the problem is solved. It has not made its way back to them. But when the mother was packing it up to put it into the box to post it, it laughed for 30 seconds straight, and it has never, ever done that before. Oh. I've got oh. goosebumps. <laughs> that is one creepy Elsa doll. I'm sorry. Wow. That's, that's a very, very weird, I know, weird story. I, I know our Crispy loves dolls. Mm. Oh, did we like that one, peoples? Did we like that? Um, now, we, we've got some great responses coming through to our question this evening. So we'll be tackling that shortly. So thank you. Uh, we've got Daniela, Deborah, Ann, Robert, Patricia, um, and several other people in there. So the question for this evening is, is it too soon or when is it too soon to speak to the dead with a psychic or a medium, or um, is it too soon for the people who have passed as well to be demanding their attention after they've just passed? It's a bit of a dilemma, Mm. but we are going to answer those questions when we come back. That's true. We're back. Is that poltergeist? Yes, it is. Oh, how was that for good segue? Uh, and look, I just want to point out that Robert came out with something very interesting with the Frozen story with Elsa. She never liked families anyway, which is true. She went off to be all by herself up in the forest. Mm. He also wants to know that if we're married to poles, does that make us pole dancers? No, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> I would find it hard to, yeah. Chip myself upside down and swing around those things. <laughs> <laughs> the poles, I mean, you know, the, the like pole, Just, you dig pole in dancing, hole. pole you dancing. You dig in a hole. <laughs> I've, I've seen it happen. It doesn't look good. Oh, have you? I'd just like to say that he doesn't pop dollars in my panties. It's a long <laughs> This is not a children's show. All right. So we're on to a very serious topic now. Yes. And people have said this is a great 
conversation piece. So we, we're just going to read through some of the responses we've got. Now, first one was Patricia. Hi, ladies. Personally, I think that when you are ready to contact a lost loved one, you will know no specific time, just a feeling that if you think you should, that might be the right time for you. It may be your loved ones letting you know that they are ready also. Thank you, Patricia, for sending that through. Mm. Now, being a tarot reader, Renata, mm-hmm. you deal with people in grief quite a bit, don't you? Mm. Yes. And um, have you had people come to visit you when the uh, grief is still raw and fresh? Yes, very much so. And look, that that can be two or three weeks after someone has passed or it can be 20 years after someone be. has passed. This is true. Um, it can still be raw after all of those years and the pain is for many people unfixable and no matter how much time passes, they still carry that pain as, like you said, a really raw wound. So it's very difficult doing this type of work and um, they mostly don't come for a tarot card reading. They mostly come um, to ask whether there is a connection that can be made and um, you will find that any medium that puts up a show that um, the advertising to say you you will have the opportunity to possibly connect with a dearly departed loved one hundreds of people flock to these things Mm -hmm. so it's it's we're not talking about the random person who wants to connect with someone who has passed over it's almost everyone who has uh, a, a dearly departed loved one and they would like to speak to them again. The problem is how soon is too soon? And this is what the conversation is about Mm, today. How soon is too soon? And again, that depends on uh, your belief systems and what you have been brought up with uh, with regard to religious beliefs, spiritual beliefs, your own beliefs and um, your your state of uh, deep emotion doesn't come into it I don't think uh, you know that's everyone is going to be in a, a place where they are just raw and hurting so much and want that that last touch again they want one more opportunity one more try I mean that's why the spiritualism movement started up yeah. 150 years ago the people were no longer there they were dying overseas in wars and battles and all of these things no and phone calls no yeah, telegrams and yeah, no mobile no mobile phones saying hi honey you know I'm, I'm, I'm Dying. I've yeah. got to say my final goodbyes to you. Just got yeah, a message. Nothing from yeah, not yeah. not on so the webs. It, this is a normal human thing yeah. that all of us go through. Um, trying to connect too quickly to keep that that line of communication open. I wonder what that does to the spirit energy of the person who is trying to transition out of a body and uh, into another energetic form. What does that do for that person? And again, you've got to take into account how they died. Was it an accident? Was it a something that uh, took quite some time so that the person that was passing had time to come to terms with the fact that they were passing? Were they allowed to be able to say their final goodbyes? So all of this allows the, the mind to feel that it is doing the right things and taking the steps to then be able to disconnect, make that final disconnection. Yeah, and I think it's because um, some people just don't want to let go of them they just want to keep them and by racing off and going speaking to a psychic or a medium or some sort of 
um, line to the other side, uh, I worry sometimes that there would be people that would take advantage of them mm. in those situations when they're very vulnerable. Absolutely. And I know that there is a um, paranormal investigator and his name is Steve Huff, I think, mm-hmm. who is very well known that as soon as somebody famous dies, he'll dig out his spirit box within hours and make a definite connection with them because he's special. Absolutely. Uh, and people everywhere are horrified. There are as many people that are listening, though. As many that yeah. are horrified are It's like a car crash, though. You can't listening. turn away. Yep. Yeah. Jenny says here, I think the living have to go through their grieving first before making contact. Maybe six to 12 months or even longer. Love the show. Thanks, Jenny. Um, yeah. And look, it's it's going to be different for everyone. Um, uh, this person, I'm not sure who it is. Hi, beautiful ladies. Oh, they're talking to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spoke with my husband just under six weeks of his passing. I was told it was too soon and they normally don't come through that soon. Well, my husband came through loud and persistent. I'm enjoying you two beautiful ladies while laying in hospital. Oh, I hope you heal up soon and that whatever it is passes quickly and heals up quickly. Um, And look, for different folks, different strokes. Mm. And this is the thing. Please use this opportunity. We're going to be talking about this um, until 9 o'clock. So if you do have thoughts or if you have had an experience, just message us on 0490 That's 0490 And uh, as I was saying to you, Anne, I think that as many people who have tried um, and had thoughts about this, there are so many different ways of approaching this. And uh, every medium will come along and say, no, this is the way it is. This, uh, to, to my experience, this is the way it is. And look, I can't put a finger on it and say this is the way it is. Well, for them, that's their experience. But yeah. you, not everybody looks through those eyes. Mm. Um, Daniela here has said... Um, When my husband died, I went for a reading about six months after and she could sense him, but because he had been so sick, he was still healing. She said he was there, but very weak. Twelve months after that, I saw another and he was happy and well and couldn't believe he didn't go downstairs. My, as in go to hell, (laughs) my belief is to wait at least six months. It made sense that if they had died a painful and long death, it would take time, and I would assume a sudden death or violent death might mean they could come through quicker, but may not know or understand they have passed. Yet I have heard of mediums who get visits straight away, so... Really, who knows? Maybe just depends on the deceased. Mm. Depends on the deceased. Depends on the um, yeah, the medium, I guess, who whoever is receiving the message. So many variables in all of this, but and, and you know. not everybody um, is grieving, as in they're missing that loved one. Some people are angry. Mm. Yeah, and they feel it's not justified that that person. How dare they leave them? They weren't ready for them to leave, mm-hmm. and um, they want to get a message across to say that I'm angry you've left me. Mm-hmm. Mm. And sometimes the the um, the deceased is fearful of coming back because yeah. <laughs> this um, there are people who are alive that don't want to have anything to do with them or mm. are going to bite their heads off yep. um, with yeah, ac- accusations or things that um, happened while they were alive. So, mm. 
Yeah. I'll, I'll read one more before we go to another song. Um, definitely an interesting topic. I don't think it's necessarily too soon for the spirit, as I've heard lots of stories of people feeling or knowing the moment someone has passed, even though they are miles away. I do believe that it's too soon for the person who is grieving, as I don't think it's the best state to be in to receive messages from the other side until the grief has been dealt with in part you may not be ready to hear or accept the messages that come through. Mm, that's an awesome comment. That's, that's awesome, Renee. Thank you for that one. Mm. Um, yeah. And like, do the spirits, once they, they pass, go through a process? Are there things that they need to do before they can contact the other side? That's true. Who is, knows? Is there? Or are we making all of this shit up? It sounds like a good story. Let's mm. Stick to that. And there are, look, there are some spirits that, or some energies that will kind of never come back and never talk to you, yeah. um, no matter how much you want them to, no matter how much you try. Um, there is just no way they're going to be back here. Yeah. All right, we've got some more text coming through, if I can find them. And uh, we have had some people say they're not daggy songs, they're the best. I know. (laughs) All right. So we've got another message here. My aunt passed away 10 plus years ago and her sister was distraught as we all were. Angie's only comfort was to go to a psychic medium to speak with her and sit at her grave for hours. Mm. She was told to wait at least 12 months to try contact her late sister. So after many, many visits, two to three years worth of visits, Eve, the dead aunt, told Angie to literally get lost and leave her alone and then she's busy (laughs) (laughs) so long story short I always believed to wait at least a year to try and contact your past loved ones and relatives Uh, also saying that there's storm clouds there in Rutherford love the show sitting in bed with a hot chocolate snuggled up listening to you guys oh thank you (laughs) sitting in bed with a hot chocolate listening to hot chocolate yes this is true this is true true. Um, yeah so what do you think of that one Mm, yes very much we've had our own personal experiences with people who are grieving coming to the seance parlour this this is before COVID and uh, trying to make connection with their loved ones and the seance parlour is is something that is a very gentle process where we sort of really what we're trying to do is create an environment where the spirits and those of the living can come together uh, and they're both ready to talk so all we can do is actually offer an invitation and then magic happens and they don't they often don't get who they ask no they don't they don't and sometimes they even shove somebody else out and go i'm here and we're going who are you But we do find that the person they get is the person they either need to hear from or it's a message that that person needs to give, that spirit needs to give for them to be able to move on in their process. I wonder if it's a bit like AA. They've got to go through the steps. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I do remember that that man that came to the seance parlour and I I think, did he come on his own? Yes, And he he Uh, His father came through and he was adamant. He did not want to speak to his father and he got very distressed and distraught and the father was adamant that he was going to talk. Mm. He wanted to have his voice and he got the message out and this this lovely man dissolved into heart-wrenching sobs and 
it needed to happen. Mm. So many years of holding on to guilt and stress and, and anger. anxiety and anger uh, all all disappeared within five minutes. Yeah. So these chats are often really, really important and important for release for the person that has been left behind, but equally as important for release as the spirit, uh, for the spirit as well. So we tend to work in both directions, don't we? Not only looking after those that are still living, uh, but those that have passed away and, like you said, still have that message that they need to pass over. Mm. And this this particular message that came through was... um, the father did not want forgiveness for his actions because he felt that, you know, he he deserved uh, the fact that everybody was angry with him for the for what they had he had done in his living life. He just wanted to be able to tell his son that he accepts that he stuffed up and he did the wrong thing and he is sorry that he had do- he did that and he wasn't looking for forgiveness. He just wanted to let his son know he was sorry. Mm. It was so profound. Mm. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, but we, so many of those that we've had, like, you know, we did lots of seances and we had so many profound, profound mm. moments. Even people, and I'll, I'll go back to this one, people who were preparing for passing over. Yeah, on their final life journey. On their final life and journey. And we didn't know. that. Yeah, we didn't know about that until we heard later on and um, the peace that was given to that particular person so that they could feel that they could go. And this this is what worries me about some psychics and mediums that are not trained in counselling and grief counselling. And when you're presented with people who have this overwhelming grief or this overwhelming anger... If you don't have the skills and the techniques to deal with them, you can actually do more damage than good. Mm, That is true. So I'm very grateful to be able to work with you, Renata, because you're amazing when it comes to that sort of stuff. Oh, thank you. Um, So we've got a message from Robert here. I was being pestered by the long-dead brother of the best friend last night at the reception. Oh, that's right. You had the wedding reception last night. That looked fabulous. I wanted that that unicorn cake. He was wanting me to let the frog, that was the, the guy's name, know he approved of him marrying and who he married. Oh, that's gorgeous. I hope you pass that message on at an appropriate time. (laughs) I'm sure you did, Robert. Um, Another message here. My folks died young, seven years in between each passing, 20 years plus, haven't heard from either of them, have no idea where they are, probably not the favourite, not moi. Uh, Look, they might be so busy having a great time on the other side, they think that you're doing okay without them. I'm sure if you called them in, if you were in need, you would have some family to come and assist. And Christmas, see, we're coming up to Christmas too, and this is a time when people get very much triggered by the fact that they are not going to have their loved ones around them at this special time of the year. And because that energy is so focused on those that have passed over, it's actually a good time to try and make a connection just personally. So you can sit down at any given time and you know, take out their photographs and just just think about them. If there was a special song that might um, trigger a memory for you and them, pop that special song on. Uh, there are so many ways they can actually bring forward messages 
rather than direct voice messages or you hearing their voices or seeing them. There will be little things that you will be drawn to um, that you haven't noticed before and it's like, well, it's it's them all over. You just understand that that is from them. That's their cue. That's what they're giving to me. So sometimes it seems as though, you know, you want this big shebang to happen, but sometimes it's just the little things. Yeah. You're listening to Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio. And welcome back to the second half of the show, the second hour. And uh, we're going to start it with a spooky story. And this one comes from Australia. And um, this is in a book called Australia's Haunted History by Trudy Two Hill. Mm-hmm. And she has some really interesting stories in here. Um, they are all stories that were reported in the newspapers of the time. So this one actually appeared in uh, The Telegraph on the 30th of December, 1939. And it is about the apparition of Captain Logan. And if you want to look at Captain Logan, there is a portrait of him um, on a post on the Newcastle Live Radio Group. So stunning little man that he is. But Would he, you like me to uh, look him up and give you a description of what he looks like? Oh, he was a nasty piece of work. Oh, you can he? see it in his eyes. But anyway, let's 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 talk about him while okay. you do that. Captain Logan was in charge of Brisbane when it was one of the worst convict settlements of the time from the year 1825 to his death in 1830. History seems to be divided about Captain Logan. Not only this particular person. It seems that I think we have two sides of the story with these commandants, the the story from the families and the military and then the stories from the convicts themselves. Mm-hmm. So no one doubts he was a stern disciplinarian and fairly hard-hearted, even for those callous days. But you can uh, see it in his photo. Yeah. He's got black eyes. Yeah. But other reports indicate he was not the black-hearted fiend most people paint him as. For instance, it is reported that the captain once said to the convicts, Do you know where you are? You are in hell and I'm the devil. Well... Gee, that's a sweet statement, isn't it? Mm. And something of a hell it was, with a treadmill and lashes that cut a man's back to ribbons. Now the treadmill. Now, ladies, ladies. It's not the same treadmill. (laughs) Next time you step on the treadmill, just take your mind back to when that vicious machine actually started. And it was this thing that was created to make convicts walk up it Constantly, It was up. like a paddle steamer yeah. wheel and they had to constantly walk on the paddle, st- paddle steam. Pad- oh, where the are paddles, words? Yeah the, yeah, the paddles and like that, that pushed it around. Mm-hmm. To grind the wheat so that they could eat it. And heaven help you if you were tired and you stopped. And you fell. And you fell. They had bloody wheat. <laughs> I tell you, the, those treadmills. <laughs> Exercise of any form. Mm. <laughs> Okay, so there wasn't a great deal of grief in uh, in the young Brisbane settlement when the news of Logan's death came through. Something of a botanist and explorer, early in October 1830, the captain set out with seven men to go as far as Mount Irwin. On the way, they had a little trouble with hostile natives, not the local tribe. On the way back, Logan told his men to go ahead to a certain rendezvous and he would meet them there. 
no one knows why he made such an arrangement. In any case, he never arrived at the meeting place. His men pushed onto limestone, now called Ipswich, feeling sure he would be there. But he never came to limestone either. Seriously perturbed, they split into two groups, one going back to Brisbane to relate the disappearance, while the other retraced their tracks in an effort to find some trace of the missing commandant. Not far off Limestone, they came across some tracks, and following these, they eventually found a dead horse bogged in a creek while the ground around told of a struggle. Soon they found the body of Logan buried face down in a shallow trench. The unfortunate man had evidently been clubbed to death with waddies. Okay. I don't know what waddies are, but there must be some I think it's a lump of wood. This is where the mystery begins. Captain Logan must have been killed on the morning of the 17th, yet later that day convicts working on the banks of the Brisbane River saw him on the other bank, waving to them. Surprised but quick to do his bidding, they hurriedly ran for a punt and rowed across, but as they neared the bank, the captain's figure vanished. In the many years that have passed, the apparition of Captain Logan has never been seen again on the banks of the Brisbane River. However... It has been claimed from time to time that his ghost has appeared outside Ipswich, near the locality where he was clubbed to death. The exact spot where the murder occurred can easily be found, and if you're touring Queensland and want to make an appointment with the ghost of Captain Logan, why not visit there one moonlight night when the wind is gently stirring the trees and the curlews are mournfully calling? About a mile up from where the Brisbane River and Logan Creek meet, the road crosses the creek. At the side of the road is a reserve and this is the spot. If you are lucky, perhaps the apparition of Captain Logan will appear. And I'm looking at this picture of Captain Mm. Logan at the moment that is on Newcastle Live Radio um, uh, page. Robert said a waddy is a heavy heavy pointed club. All right, Thank Thank you. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, Robert. And he has those eyes that would look at you wherever you were in the room. They'd cut you down. (laughs) If you had that portrait hanging up, those eyes would follow you. And a really long, straight nose Mm -hmm. that... um, Would look down on everyone. Yeah, and a tight, thin lips. And he... Seems to have um, his head is the same width as his neck that goes straight into his shirt. But looks at that, it's like just think of a Frankfurt a head <laughs> goes straight into his shirt. Yeah, how's that for descriptions, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. Nasty character. Um, but again, what side of the story are we looking into? Are we looking into the side of the reality of what life was like, or are we looking at the stories uh, that have been related um, down by the convicts? We have. Um, uh, our own local commandant here who has a double-sided story and that was Major Morissette Mm -hmm. who also the convicts would say that he was, uh, well, King Lash. They called him King Lash Mm -hmm. uh, because he used to allegedly love flogging the convicts um, and yeah I didn't bite I was very well behaved <laughs> she was looking at me as if to say you're going to do it but, but yet the family the family would say to you that he wasn't like that at all uh, also Jody sent through a message saying that a wadi is a club or stick especially a walking stick oh, thank you all right thank so you. we've got the, the ex- experts out in the audience there thank you very much it's great that they're um, chiming in we can I just love say it. look 
Look this up and uh, teach us all. If you're enjoying the show, let us know. 0490 We love getting messages because we know there means there are people actually listening. Yes. <laughs> it's really weird being stuck in here in this little room in the studio because when we do our Facebook Lives, you can see how many people are watching mm-hmm. and we've got constant chat coming through. Mm-hmm. So you've got no idea how much we appreciate it when you send a text message through and let us know that you are participating. Uh, now, I did have a request for a song here. Uh, Donna, who wanted Stay by Shakespeare's sister, if we could work that machine and put a song in for you, my love, we would. But look, we'll write that down and see if we can get yeah, it in next I'm, week. I'm more than likely to delete the whole program for the next week and our, <laughs> our producer would not be happy with us. No, do not, do not ask Anne to ever oh. touch any of the equipment. She doesn't well, like no. me touching buttons. No, no, we, we have had major disturbances is in the field we have in the force <laughs> in the force <laughs> it's that special time of the night where we are talking trash or treasure but, but i've got something very important to announce that i just discovered this evening what renata you are tied to her majesty <laughs> You have some sort of psychic connection to her. I know. I don't think so. Now, Renata was just wandering out the back before we started the show to go to the loo, as you do. And I face planted. (laughs) I think she's just going out in sympathy with me because I've sprained my ankle. But she's gone over on her knees. I said, lucky she didn't do a hip. But this just popped up in the news that the poor queen's got a bad back. I know. And it happened just minutes after you fell over. I know. Did I cause it? No, I don't think you caused it. I think you went out in sympathy to her. Was was there a ripple? Was there a ripple in the the electromagnetic field? In the ether. There was. So I'll be getting an email. Yeah. Um, And also Mel is saying that she is loving the music. John Farnham was her soundtrack to her childhood along with Elvis. All right. Are you ready for this? Yeah, it's trash and treasure time. Oh, Here I'm, we go. Now, the the pictures that you will find up on the Facebook page, I've got several there, but there's one that I want to draw your attention to, uh, and that is the picture, the black and white picture that's on the front of a box, uh, and it's a black and white photo of some poor gentleman um, who seems to be wearing a suit with a white collar. You can't see much more of it there, but um, it's got these similar symbols etched all over it it's got a chain around it and that chain has another a thin neck chain that you'd wear around your neck Mm -hmm. which has a crucifix and um, the Virgin Mary which actually look like the little bits that hang off the rosary beads Mm -hmm. Um, and they've attached it to a (coughs) sorry a silver chain Mm -hmm. and then they've got a long stemmed rose that's very black purple that's dying next to it. Okay. And they're selling this. They're, they're selling with, this. With someone's yeah. picture. Yep, yep. And okay. um, if you have a look at the other photos, you'll see that there's something dribbled all over the box, which I can it's, only assume is wax. Yes, I was going to say. It's, it's wax. It's <laughs> I'm wax. behaving myself. Um and we've got some comments on here saying it was sealed for a reason. Leave it be. And Mel said, I agree. And someone, uh, Mel's also saying, I wonder who it is. Who is this picture of? Mm, give us Let some more information. Let me tell you, this is available on eBay right now for the princely sum of $90 US. $90. It's a bargain. And it's got the name of active, vicious, depraved, chained 
priest, dibbuk box, and demonic symbols. <laughs> That's just what, the heading. What what, what? what? That's just the heading. Wait till you hear the rest of it. Now oh. it's not a big one, but wow, talk about jam packed. Um, now the description. I have been practicing Wicca. <laughs> <laughs> So we ticked that box mm-hmm. for 55 years Ooh. since I was six months old. <laughs> and the dark arts and bindings and spells. Mm. I'm also a well-known medium. Mm-hmm. So we've ticked quite a few boxes there. Yeah, I communicate all, with the dead. All the What are those words that they use on... Um in, on the internet to get oh yes where you got to put your tags yeah, but with that, oh that's what it is you know because yeah, they the put it into the copy <laughs> yep. early up because you've got to do it early so you get your um SEO hits now we're going to tick some more boxes here my grandmother was also a medium tick that box it's hereditary sometimes I don't know whether that's a blessing or a curse I also live close to a cemetery. Oh, oh well, there Tick you go. that box. Yep. They're really thinking ahead mm-hmm. here with the amount of stuff they've got. So there are entities and spirits that can and will attach themselves to my objects and boxes. Plus, I drive a hearse. Oh, well. That's what the picture was there. There was a picture of a car. Mm-hmm. I was trying to work out why there was a picture of a hearse in the item that they're selling. I'd buy the hearse. Um, so <coughs> think of all those spirits Good and bad. The veil between the living and the dead is thin, mm. unlike my backside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I travel all over the US in search of haunted, unusual and the paranormal objects, boxes and dolls. This recent trip took me to Baton Rouge and that is where I acquired this rare box. And I'm trying to sell it now. In my opinion... A man of the cloth that has fallen out of favour of God is the worst soul. He knew better. Mm. I wonder what he did. Mm. They are dark, evil and damned for eternity. So we're also ticking off the box that it is a priest that's gone bad. Mm -hmm. God's not happy. Mm. Neither's Beverly. (laughs) You've got to listen to that podcast. (laughs) Um, This is Father Michael. He was a man of the cloth and had been a priest for many years, but something went wrong and his soul is trapped for life. He's also very angry and bitter because he is no longer a mount, I think she meant to say among, a mount, the living. After midnight, you may hear a soft chanting coming from the box. Sound effects, please, Renata. That's not chanting. And I don't know how you're going to do this one. A very hot feeling next to the box. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I've got nothing. (laughs) He is a listener soul. (coughs) I've got the asthma coming out now. It's the demon in my throat. Oh. Oh, no. If Christy sets us off now, we've got no hope. Oh, no. All right, he's a listener's soul, but that's not good because he is smart and will try and pick up on your moods and feelings. Then he will obtain the upper hand. I suggest having no children around this box, especially with a priest in it. Then we're going to get hate mail again, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Or other people that are not familiar with these kinds of entities. They may even attach themselves to you and travel. They're not coming to England with me. 
Um, if you decide the box is not for you, don't burn it. Give or throw away this box. Bury it several feet in the ground away from your home and don't ever dig it up. Now, they're required by eBay to say that this is just an entertainment item Mm -hmm. and that you must be 18 years old or or whatever to purchase. Um, But even though they must state that, this does not mean that the box is not haunted or reeks of dark energy because I have experienced this firsthand. Please check out my paranormal item reviews. This item requires immediate PMT. Hey, what? <laughs> it says this purchase will require immediate PMT. So rage on them, girls. That time of the month, give it to them. No, it's um, payment, I think it's abbreviated. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, what do you think? Now, is this paranormal trash or treasure oh, or another? Oh, that is just such a load of trash. She's so contradicting herself. Like, you there know, you're gonna, if you're going to sell it for $90, you know, don't tell people to go and bury it. I mean, you've just spent money on nothing. Well, there. yeah, why would you buy this thing and then go and bury it? Exactly. You'd want to open up and have a look what's inside. Yeah, well, you're not meant to. Well, you're not meant to, and but that's the, what you can want to do. Can I just say, look at the picture that I put up there. It is not a priest's outfit. No. He is not wearing a priest's outfit. It's just some random dude. Oh, dear. So sad for the person who looks at that and goes, that's my Uncle John. Yeah, what's Uncle John? I didn't know my Uncle John was a priest oh. and is now living in a box. Shocking. A hot box. (laughs) You know what we've got after the break, don't you? (laughs) Yeah, crispy. So Jodie Jodie has actually put, oh, with all those connections, I must have it. The item and seller sound so special. (laughs) And Deborah Ann... (laughs) Um, yeah. You've just lost it? Do you want yeah, me to find it? <laughs> yeah, she's not good with buttons. Um, and we press that twice. That's what you got to do. Um, and she's the one decided to punish her. Um, and don't give the box to the choir boys, Robert. You're going to get hate mail like us. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> We're back. There's lights flashing everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) It's terrifying. (laughs) Before we go any further, I just want to say a big shout out to Danielle in Ireland who just texted us. To be sure, to be sure. To say that she's loving the show and can't wait to hear what Christy has in store for us today. Big love from Ireland. There you go. How exciting is that? We're, We're around the world. Yeah. God, you'd think that this person knows you, Christy. Oh, I know, I'm like for over 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're only 19, Christy. How do you know that? That's oh, past right. life. Past That's life, right. yes. What do you got for so, us today, Christy? I've got the tissues ready. Try and be in control <laughs> just for a few minutes, all right? All right I'm going to so step today back. Today we're I'm talking about self-love. <laughs> <laughs> now let's just get all of the... Hot box, big fingers, all of those dirty, dirty private time, whatever you want to call it, out of the way. Right. We're, okay. we're not talking about that. We're not the. I USB swear to God. I'm, I'm a high school student, I swear. <laughs> Yep. No, Go on. Yep. Good. Right. Flirt, flirt adult store. We love them. Yep. Yep. Excellent. So we're not talking about that. We're actually talking about loving ourselves. In a lovely way, not in a not in a sexual private time way. <laughs> but um, I was 
Right. We're listening. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I've had a few people contact me over the few week, last few weeks with some real self-love issues, and I think it's, you know, it's Scorpio season, so it's very a deep emotional sort of time. So I think a lot of those things are coming up, and plus I think, you know, all the time that people have spent in lockdown and things like that, and then having to go and people again. Yes, it's really um, tough for some people, isn't it? That's right, because, you know, our self-love is also linked to our self-esteem and, you know, other people's opinions about us and things like that. So, you know, majority of us have put on some COVID kilos, so we're probably not even feel like seeing ourselves in the best light mm-hmm. either. So, you know, self-love is such a deep, deep thing. Um you know, inside of ourselves of, you know, how we perceive ourselves, how we speak to ourselves. And it becomes quite a difficult thing because it can be a denial of a lot of things like self-worth, a denial of deservingness and things like that. So, you know, it's like a two-way thing. You either hold yourself back from things that you rightly deserve Mm -hmm. or you overgive yourself. So, you know, sometimes self-love is people that constantly eat so you know giving to themselves constantly constantly to show themselves that they care about themselves yes yeah so you know many different ways that that manifests so when i've done some cell jars um lately for self-love for people i just want to go a little bit over um some of the herbs and stuff that i put in them because they're all readily available Mm -hmm. and again they're all beautiful things that you you do deserve and you can treat yourself with because you're worth it because everyone you know needs to love themselves so just holding it together while I say the word lavender. Yes. Yes, we're, we're behaving. Yes. Excellent. So we've got lavender in there. We've got cinnamon. We also have sugar. Oh. And rose petals. So, you know, this is about the sweetness. You know, being sweet to yourself, being loving to yourself. So all of those beautiful ingredients mm-hmm. that, you know, are warm and yummy sort of feelings. Um, and obviously rose petals. So rose has always been known as the flower of love. So including that, rose quartz crystals. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yes. So beautiful vibration and gentle vibration for love in those. So if you were building a spell jar, putting all of those ingredients together, I would actually put those that spell jar and buy myself an indoor house plant. And I would put the jar next to the plant so that as the plant grows, so does your love for yourself. So you can actually see a physical manifestation of the love for yourself growing in that plant. Mm. It can be any plant. It can be a lily. It can be fern, whatever floats your boat. I think I'd need to get a piece of cheese that grows mould because I tend to kill plants. (laughs) (laughs) But I could grow mould very well. What do people do as they're adding these ingredients in the jar? So adding those things in. So when you're putting them in, talk to yourself in a loving way. So if you had a friend that was really, you know, beating themselves up about things, think about how you would speak to them. So tell yourself what your strengths are. Mm-hmm. You know, tell yourself that, you know, you are worthy of love. Mm-hmm. You know, because all love starts 
within ourselves. So we create healthy relationships by being, you know, having a healthy sense of self. Mm -hmm. Um, So just, you know, telling yourself all of those good things about yourself Mm -hmm. and not allowing, you know, negative Nancy in your head, you know, to chatter on Mm -hmm. um, with all of the stuff that that has to say. So, you know, it's about completely loving and accepting yourself exactly how you are, what's and all. Yeah, and it's Um, okay not to be perfect. It's impossible to be perfect, yet people strive for this unattainable thing, you know, that you just can't make it. I think Deborah Ann's given us some really good advice here. She said uh, for for this sort of thing, this is not a um, rub one out kind of self-love, this segment. That's right. This one's a bit more serious today, only because I've had so many people, you know, approach me about it. So obviously it's a bit more than just one person feeling this. It's, it's um, a sad indication of how we're all feeling at the moment. Um, and have you noticed all the Christmas decorations coming out Everyone's early? got them up early. Hannah's got her Christmas tree yeah, up. Claire's like got hers up. it's everyone's going, let's make people happy. Let's get this out early. I've never seen them out yeah, in the middle of November. First of December That's when they're supposed to go out. Yeah, so there are, I think there are a lot of people kind of feeling it, Christy, because they're, they're getting mm. into the Christmas spirit a little bit earlier than they normally would. Yeah. Mm. And look, you know, and and again, that's just another way of, you know, if you really love Christmas, then yeah, do it. Christmas do a Christmas all year. Joy in your life. It's like we if have you Halloween. Love Halloween. Yeah, have yeah. Halloween every year, all year round. <laughs> yep. All year round, blissful. We do. Can can that's we? Right. I've got I've got a little bit of a. a um, uh, a thing that I, I'm going to ask you to do, Christy. Could mm. you put up a awesome self-love meditation on your Spells and Spirits page so that people who need to actually do a bit of concentration or just self-guided meditation while they're putting all of this together can just pop onto your page, Spells and Spirits, and yep. click onto that and they can listen through as they're doing this particular spell jar. Because some people get a little bit funny about, oh, I'm not sure whether I'm doing it right or I'm not sure what words mm-hmm. to say. So mm-hmm. it might be just awesome if you have something there um, that you can sort of pin and go, look, this is this is your self-love uh, meditation for you to do. Thank Surely you. I can. Thank you so much, Christy. Now, we did have a suggestion of a song for the next one. Portable Tree said that maybe the next song would be good. Uh, it's just You and Your Hand Tonight by Pink. <laughs> <laughs> To go there. We've got some really interesting characters that they do. That's yep. all I can say. I'm, they're they're very I'm going to go Millennium Falcon and go. <laughs> 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 oh my God, we need to go to a song where oh, we're going to fall off our chairs. Yeah, we're thank going, you, Christy. Uh, thank, thank you, Christy. Thank you, Spells and Spirits. Thanks. See, see, you, next week. see you next week. You're listening to the Spooky Sundays podcast with Anne and Renata. These two hours go so quickly, don't they? They absolutely fly. Wow. But we're going to do a a little bit of advertising here right now. Um, We have uh, some tours coming up and uh, there's some beauties. So there are lots of dates coming up for Maitland Jail. If you have uh, a group of friends that you want to take out just before Christmas or even between Christmas and New Year, we actually have two dates um, that are going to be available for bookings. 
Yeah, the 28th and 29th of December, and I've just been in to have a look, and there are tickets already sold for that, so mm. they've so only just gone up. Yeah, they're, they're midweek ones. But everyone takes that time off in between Christmas. Yeah. Actually, the 28th is Boxing Day yeah, absolutely. holiday, so it yeah. is a day off for you guys. So mm-hmm. um, if you'd like to come and do Maitland Jail with us um, and not have to wait a few months, jump in on these tickets. Yeah, absolutely, because otherwise we're booked out for the 26th. Yeah, 26th of November is sold out, and I think... Um, I'm one of those December, either the 4th or the 10th is sold out. But uh, there's 4th, 10th, 28th and 29th of December. That you Go check out the tickets and work out what's still available. If you want to come, say hello. Mm. And, and let us know that you listen to the show and we'll get a photo with you. We'll pop it up on the page. It'd be great. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also have our Miss Porter's House, our last one for the year, and our first one after, <laughs> after many, many months of restrictions that is coming up. It is totally booked out, so our Miss Porter's will be back on for 2022 uh, and dates will come up. We have our Gloucester event, which is also sold out. Sorry, guys. (laughs) But there is one um, up and for sale for January and there will be another one in February and that is a awesome, awesome tour. Oh, the walk into the forest is just amazing. Yeah. It's it's spooky, it's terrifying and it's awesome all at the same time. We have our Wollombi tour. We just did one last night. Um, and it's just so awesome. And uh, we have one for December. And we have also put up our Wollombi sleepover. A luxury event. Our luxury event. Two Only nights. for 10 people. That is it. Well, we're down to eight people now because the two single beds have gone. So we've got four double beds. So you need to bring a friend, mm-hmm. uh, somebody that you feel comfortable to share a bed with for the night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't ask questions. What happens in Wallaby stays in Wallaby. But it is a weekend of ghost hunting and workshops. So you arrive on the Friday afternoon. We will have supper ready for you. Then we go out ghost hunting that night, probably over to the, the old courthouse where we've got the jail cells and some Somebody died in there and mm. we have shadows whizzing around the place. And then uh, we come back and sleep in that beautiful guest house that we're staying at. Mm-hmm. And then up the next morning we'll get a nice continental breakfast mm-hmm. and we'll have some lunch. Or we have a workshop. We're going to do meditation mm-hmm. workshop. We're going to do meditation. We're going to do lots of psychic development and that the, day. You, you don't have to do the workshops. If you just wander, wander around and do whatever, you can do that as well. But the workshops are there for you. Um, and it will only be limited to the people who are attending that event. I'm sorry, guys, we can't take extras in. Uh, but and then we're going to do a um, psychic development workshop in mm-hmm. the afternoon after lunch. Mm-hmm. And then we'll give you a little bit of a break. And then we'll feed you dinner before you uh, go ghost hunting yet again. Mm-hmm. And we've got no time restrictions on when we have to be out of these places. No. So we'll do then St. Michael's Church at Wollombi and then down to the cemetery, which mm-hmm. we have permission to be in. Mm-hmm. And this is an awesome gift to give to someone for Christmas. Mm. So uh, it would be an awesome Christmas present. Yeah. Uh, we are also in the throes of organising our Norfolk Island tour. The only thing that is sort of keeping us from actually announcing the prices is the airfares, which seem to be jumping up every day. So once we, the airfares stabilise, we will definitely definitely be advertising it but if you are interested send us a message send a message to um ann and renata frightfully good yeah on facebook yeah and we'll put you on the wait list that's really really or the interested list (laughs) most mysteries can be solved by looking at the facts but sometimes the facts don't give us the answer so it's time to call in ann and renata 
Spooky Sundays, when the truth lies beyond a logical answer. Dive deep into the world of the unknown with real ghost stories and the unexplainable, sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. It's Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Sunday from 8pm, only on Newcastle Live.